Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. Like always, here, your host, Jacob Lawrence, coming to you with episode two of the Chase and Glory series. That's right. Last week, we gave you episode one. We took a look at 1994-1995, at first national title. This week, you know, I just figured, why not just keep things in order, right? So 1994-1995, Lady Huskies, Rebecca Lobo and company, run the table, 35-0, go undefeated. Knock off Tennessee twice, cut down the nets, the first of many to come for the Yukon Huskies. So what's next this year? course we're looking at 1999 to 2000 and not quite perfect had a, had a small blemish on the record but the end result was still the same still collected that national title at the end so that's what we're here for today but before we get into that just want to remind everybody make sure you like share and subscribe to the podcast we're available on apple Podcasts, google play spotify stitcher tune in have podcasts will travel so just go ahead go to apple Podcasts, like it Subscribe to it. Leave a five-star review and a comment. Like, hey, appreciate the in-depth knowledge. Appreciate you looking at this, so on and so forth, you know? Spotify, make sure you follow the podcast there. Leave a review as well. Same for Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Basketball season is right around the corner. We're only about a month and a half away from the early, early start of college basketball. So it's perfect time. Things are getting going. So go ahead, get subscribed to this so you can get used to it because I'm dropping every Wednesday until the season starts. So just go ahead, get used to it. We'll be ready. You'll be like, hey, season's here. Then I'm dropping game review just like last season. We'll get the guest in, try for at least one guest a month. We'll have a new co-host for you at some point during the season. Don't worry. It's, go- it's going to be special. You- you'll like the co-host. Just-, just relax. Bear with me. You'll like it. But in the interim, Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, and make sure you follow me on Twitter as well. I'm at underscore Jake Della. We'll have an official Twitter account for the show coming soon as well. But in the meantime, use the hashtag BelieveUConn. If any questions for the shows, we'll do a fan, we'll do a fan bag episode one day, talk a few things, have a little fun. Because like I say every time, this podcast is nothing without you, the listener. I say this is my podcast, but this is honestly your podcast. Because without all of you that bleed blue, that believe in Gino, that trust Gino, that understand what it's like to be a fan of UConn, this podcast would not exist. So I thank you all for doing that. Now, I'm going to hit a quick little pause. Just take a little second. You might hear a little promo for my other show on the network, Believe in NXT. You know, I host that with my boy, Cedric Welton. So you're going to hear a little promo for that. And then we're going to come back in. And then we're going to talk about the 1999 to 2000 season. We'll take a look at a few matchups, and we'll even look at the 1998-99 season year before, just to kind of look into things, see, all right, where were the Huskies the year prior? So just enjoy this quick little 15-second promo for the Believe in NXT podcast hosted by yours truly, and then we're going to slide right into 1999-2000, to national title number two. What's up, UConn fans? This is Cedric Weldon, a.k.a. one half of your podcast tag team champions. If you're a wrestling fan, make sure you tap into the Believe in NXT podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, we come with new content every single week, bringing you gems, 
bringing you banter and of old, bringing you all the lovely sidebars. Again, my name is Cedric Weldon. Find me at Ced Says on Twitter. Said is the answer on Instagram. And make sure you follow the Believe in NXT podcast. Just like that, we're back from a brief little promo for the Believe in NXT podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. Do you believe? Shout out to my co-host over on Believe in NXT, Mr. Cedric Welton, for coming through and doing that quick little drop for me. Now, here to discuss 1999-2000, a second national title. You know, not quite as sweet as the first one. Or actually, this one might be a little bit sweeter than the first one. And we'll get into exactly why, but to understand why this national title is so sweet and so nice, you have to kind of go back real quick and take a look at the 1998-1999 team. Finished the year with five losses. It's like, all right, this is fine. This is a little un yukon like by our normal standards now, but got to remember, late 90s, early 2000s, we're building this program up into a powerhouse. We haven't quite hit the superd the Swin Cash, the Dinah Tarazi era. Like, right on the precipice, we're right on the cusp of it. And you look, UConn goes into the tourney in 1999, no one seed in the Midwest. They go ahead and get through St. Francis in the first round real quick. They escape against Xavier. Xavier has a couple chances at the end to tie things up or to win it. A few desperation, a few foul shots, ball doesn't bounce their way. Cool. UConn slides on by. UConn gets bounced in the Sweet 16 against Iowa State. <laughs> Iowa State was the four seed. They beat Oregon, their prior matchup by 15. They beat Connecticut 64 to 58. It was a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of, a lot of people expected Connecticut to make another Final Four run. The year before, they were Elite Eight. They looked at this team like, okay, this should be a Final Four Elite Eight team again, maybe a national champion. Didn't quite happen. It came up a little short. This is a very similar note to the 1994-1995 team. They got bounced in the Elite Eight in the 93-94 season. Come back, go 35-0. Rebecca Lobo puts a footprint all over women's basketball. This is the start of the revolution for women's basketball. The WNBA shortly follows after. Boom. Got it. 1999 to 2000, same thing, basically. UConn coming off of that Sweet 16 loss to Iowa State, a team that many experts believe Connecticut should have beaten that night. But again, the great thing about the dance is it's one night, one game. It's not a best of seven, not a best of five, a best of three. It is who is better that night in that moment, which is how you can have a 16 seed knock off a one seed like Virginia in the men's side and how this happened on the women's side and how you get these upsets in these moments. Because if you play these in series, without a shadow of a doubt, 90% of the time, the better team is the higher ranked team and they're going to win. You could be off for one night. It's hard to be off for a whole entire series. Nonetheless, 1999 to 2000, Connecticut comes into the season, ranked number one. Right out the gate. Even after losing, they come in, you look at the roster, which had Paige Sauer, Jay Ralph, Christine Rigby, Kelly Schumacher, Aisha Jones, I'm sorry, Aja Jones, Kirsten Walters, Tamika Williams, and Swin Cash, and a soon-to-be legend 
and icon and national treasure in Sue Bird. So you look at it and you're like, hmm, these women, they, they, I think they got something here. There's something in stores. They, they might get, they might, they might just win it. So UConn starts the season at number one. They open up with Iowa, blow them out the water, completely decimated them 111 to 39. That is what we now know as a UConn beatdown. Those are scores that we are used to. At this point, it's still a little early and things. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, there's a huge gap in talent and coaching. Next matchup is Kentucky and the Coaches versus Cancer Challenge. They beat the Wildcats by six. You can go ahead and scroll through, just breeze through the rest of the early part of the season where you get all these early season tournaments, such as like Battle for Atlantis. Maui Invitational, Coaches vs. Cancer, uh, the 2K Classic that you see now. It's a great time for college basketball because on the men and women's side, losing does not hurt you like it does in college football. So you want to play these early season matchups. You get these high-ranked opponents. You get these SEC, Big 12 challenges, Big East, Big 10, Pac-12, whatever. You get all these conferences playing each other in these challenges and so forth. So you can kind of see where you rank up against some of the better teams. And also, if you're a powerhouse, if you're a top five team like Connecticut normally is, and you want to go play somebody like a Florida State, now this is where you do it early in the season. You have these great matchups in women's basketball, create these marquee moments to get televised games on ESPN. It's a lot more fun and flexibility, whereas college football is like, hey, week one with a bunch of -of out-of-conference matchups, maybe week two, but after that, it's conference play and it's cupcakes. And you can't afford a loss. College hoops? Nah, man. We'll play Tennessee in the middle of January, in the middle of our conference play. We'll stop, play them. If we take an L, it doesn't hurt us because we can recover. So there you go. Speaking of Tennessee, that would be the L that Connecticut took. But before we get to that, let's just go ahead and look at the Lady Huskies on how they were going through the season. Penn State in the Honda Leaf Classic got them out of the paint. Seton Hall got them out of here. UCLA decimated Oklahoma, Louisiana Tech, Georgetown. Cool. So that's the first part, first month and a half, two months of the season. January 8th, 2000. Connecticut takes on Tennessee for the first time that year. In Knoxville, Lady Huskies gone down to Dixie. They go see Pat Summon and her Lady Vols. They leave Knoxville with a 74-68 win. Nice little rivalry game. Tightly contested. Hey, Connecticut pulls it off. Still undefeated. Next game after that, four days later, they blow West Virginia out of the water. Maybe a trap game. When you play a rivalry, when you play a rivalry game and you play somebody that you don't necessarily care for, you put a lot of emotions and eggs into one basket and preparing to beat that team that you may have such a high that when you come down for it, come down from it after winning, you allow yourself to basically fall into a trap and get beat by a team that you shouldn't get beat by. Not the case for West Virginia. They get them out of there. They go on through conference play, Pitt, no matchup, Rutgers, no problem, Holy Cross, no problem, Villanova, no problem, BC, no problem, Miami, no problem. Connecticut runs into Tennessee for the second time that season because this is back when the Lady Huskies and Lady Vols would play each other twice a year, home and home. Tennessee took an L on their home court. 
They took that trip on up the stores to camp to Gamble Pavilion, and they escaped with a win, seventy-two to seventy-one. That is the blemish on Connecticut's record for that season. And if you ask me, that is what woke up this Connecticut team because while they were blowing through most of their opponents, you could sit there and be like, "All right, you're you're better. You have Swin Cash, who at that point was arguably the best woman in college hoops, if not a top three player." Hard to debate and dispute that fact. You had a young Sue Bird, and you could look and you can go, oh, Sue is going to be something special. Sue Bird is 39 years old, if I'm not mistaken, out here dropping dimes and playing in the WNBA, still giving everybody that work and has not missed a beat. There's an Instagram clip from the Seattle Storm game last week where she gets, she gets a pass. The defender crashes down. She hits a beautiful ball fake, dribbles out, and drops a no-look pass right to her teammate underneath the basket. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. And you saw that back in 2000. The Super It was like, oh, she is going to be a point god. Like Chris Paul is considered the point god. Like there's an upper echelon of guards where you just reach a certain level where you are that good. Sue Bird is that equivalent. Sue Bird is arguably the greatest women's point guard in the history of the sport. Hands down. It'll be hard to find anybody that disagrees with that. So, Connecticut, Tennessee, round two, in stores, the Lady Vols, Pat Summit, they escape with a victory. All right. That's one loss now. Lady Huskies are 19-1. and 19-1 on the season at this point. And from that point, Connecticut finishes off the regular season, blowing out Seton Hall, blowing out Miami again. Beat Rutgers by four in a rivalry game. This is when Rutgers was right there. They were a solid program at that point. They were up echelon. So, hey, Rutgers wasn't a slouch like they are now. St. John's got them out of here. Syracuse got them out of here. West Virginia. The West Virginia game was a statement of statements. I noted how Connecticut started the season against Iowa, beating them 111-39. to Connecticut handed West Virginia a 128-point beatdown. Connecticut, 100. West Virginia, 28. And that was in Morgantown. So on West Virginia's home court, they got beat by 72 points. Youch. And at that point, Connecticut is 14-0 in the Big East. Next up, Notre Dame. Hey, buddies, we love you guys over there in South Bend. Got Notre Dame out of here. Another rivalry matchup. Connecticut. Decimated 77-59. No trap after that against Providence. Handled business. Cool. So at this point, Connecticut is 27-1, and 16-0 on the season. Regular season is completed. The Huskies are done. Take a little bit of a breather. You get a couple weeks. You get about a week off, and then it's Big East tourney time. Now, with the Big East tournament, pretty, pretty simple and straightforward for the Lady Huskies. They had a bye. They caught St. John's in the quarterfinals, beat them easily, no problem. Saw Boston College in the semifinals. Once again, another 20-plus point victory, no problem whatsoever. Rutgers, another rivalry matchup. Again, this is the second time you're seeing Rutgers. It's like, cool. You know, we're expecting, I'm sorry, the third time you're seeing Rutgers. Cool. No problem. Once again, 20-point victory. Win the Big East tournament. You're crowned Big East champs. At this point, you are 30-0. and And I was like, all right, on to the big dance, on to March Madness. 
Got all the momentum in the world. Swing Cash is falling. Sue Bird is looking every bit of the hate that was put around her. So here we go. Do we have a repeat of last year where we trip up or do we finally get that national title? Spoiler alert. That's not really a spoiler. Lady Huskies end up getting the title. But let's just look at that path to that national title a little bit. First round, you take a number one overall seed, number one seed in your region, you get Hampton, 116 to 45, no problem. Second round, you get Clemson, 83 45, again, no problem. Oklahoma, five seed, sweet 16, 22 point victory, 102 to 80, once again, no problem. LSU in Elite Eight, this is right about that time point where LSU was starting to come up and have that little moment in the early 2000s where they're a pretty good team, a powerhouse almost. So this is pretty prime LSU. Well, this is not quite prime LSU, but it's right on that cusp. We're like, oh, they got some pieces that need some seasoning. So a couple years down the road, you get that seasoning on them. Right here, 86-71. Bye-bye, Bayou Bengals. Next up, the lady, Nittany Lions from Penn State. 89-67, no problem whatsoever. We'll see you later. Which is actually, it wasn't as close as the early season matchup. Because remember, they played each other back in early December, which Connecticut won by 13. This go-round, Connecticut was in full tournament force. Penn State was the two-seed by Penn State. It's been fun, but bye-bye. And now we get to the highly anticipated rematch. Our part three, Connecticut, Tennessee, part three. The trilogy concludes with the Lady Huskies dominating Pat Summit's Lady Vols to the tune of 71 to 52. Connecticut wins that second national title, cuts down the Nets in Philadelphia, which makes this title special for a number of reasons. One, you got revenge on Tennessee for that early season or that midseason loss in stores. You got them back and you beat them when it mattered the most. Because I'm willing to bet that you can ask any player from that team, they would have almost rather lose to Tennessee both times in a regular season, knowing that they'll beat Tennessee for the national title. It's like, yeah, we lost you, but we got the national title. So cool. Get that one. So that's why. Beat Tennessee, you avenge a loss, and you beat a rival. Because at this point, Tennessee-Connecticut is a rivalry, a fierce one. Hadn't quite reached its peak, but it was boiling. That pot was boiling. That rivalry was ready to blow anytime. You knew you were getting a great game. And then the third reason, it's just like 1994, 94-95, you get that title after bouncing, after being bounced earlier than you felt like you should have. So you get revenge there. And another reason, which is probably the most important reason, is Gino is a kid from Philly. Everybody knows Gino's a tough kid from Philly, Italian kid. Family moved over when he was 19 years old. Grew up in Philly. He loves everything Philly sports. You win one in your backyard. So that's a special moment for Coach Oriyama. That's national title number two. And now this is where the dynasty starts. Because over the next few seasons, the bulk of those national titles find their way back to Storrs, Connecticut. So this has been Chasing Glory, episode two, the 1999 to 2000 season took a look through. We looked at some of the matchups. We saw that Connecticut beat Tennessee two times out of three matchups in a season, which is tough to beat any team twice in a year. But when you see a team three times that is a rival that knows you so well, to beat them two out of three times in 
almost beat them three for three is pretty impressive in of itself. So yeah, good season. Next up, national title number three. We'll see you next week. But before we go, be sure to tweet me. I'm at underscore Jadella. Use the hashtag Believe UConn. Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V and then UConn, all one word. And let me know, what was your favorite memory from the 1999 to 2000 season? Was there a game that stuck out the most? Maybe a Sue Bird player, a Swin Cash moment. Just let me know. Tweet me. I'm at underscore J Della. Let us know. Because again, this is a family podcast. Like I said, without you guys, the listeners, I wouldn't be here every week looking through the regular books of UConn, breaking down everything UConn related. So please, please tweet me, share, like the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, leave a review, do all those things because we greatly appreciate you here over at Believe in UConn Women's Basketball. And until next time, you know how we end this, right? We're UConn, you're not, sorry, not sorry, and most importantly, in Gino, we trust. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.